This is Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. And now, you're your host, Brian Brennan. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. I am, as usual, your host, Brian Brennan, in the place to be. Ah, it feels so good to be saying that again. It feels so good to be back on the airwaves. It's good to be back on Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. I know we took a couple weeks off, obviously, with everything going on in my life, with the move and everything. Uh, We took the last couple weeks off just so I could focus on that, but I am back I am here for I am here to stay, as I say at the end of every episode. I am here to stay on upon further review with Brian Brennan. And we have a typically loaded show for you guys to get us back started, back on track as usual. We've got big Mike, Mike Edgley in the house. Talk a little sport, talk a little football uh, with Mike. We talk a little bit about the Saints, the Redskins, where he sees both of his favorite football teams playing out throughout the season, where he sees them finishing. Of course, we've got a final review for you guys. Uh, we've got a typically loaded show. We got a closing song, a little bit of housekeeping as well. So uh, it's going to be a typically loaded show, a typically loaded episode for you guys. Upon further review with Brian Brennan, I am excited to be back. I, you know, I, I just part of me. To be, you know, during the summer when there wasn't a ton happening and I was so focused on my move, there was a part of me that wondered if I should keep doing this, if I should keep doing the podcast twice a week. But we're back. <laughs> this is, it feels so good to be back. Obviously, I love doing this podcast and I love that you listen to this podcast. I have the best fans in the world. So thank you so much for joining me on uh, episode 51 of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. Let's jump right into it. Let's talk a little baseball because that is obviously still the main thing that's happening. Football's coming back. We're still, uh, we're about 17 days removed, I think, from McGregor Mayweather. So we've still got a little bit of uh, time to hype that up as, as we get a little closer, of course. Uh, the EPL comes back this weekend. I can't wait for Arsenal's first game at 2.45 on Friday against Leicester City, or as, as some other sports podcasts call them, Leicester City. But uh, obviously the big story right now is baseball. Uh, the races are heating. Uh, they, they, the trade deadline was crazy this year. Uh, as a Yankee fan, I mean, personally, you know, I obviously have a lot of thoughts on the trade deadline. I love the moves the Yankees made. Uh, not giving up too much of the future to get back players that can help them build now and potentially down the line. You get guys like Sonny Gray. You get guys like Jaime Garcia. And by the way, what a long, strange trip it's been for Jaime Garcia. The guy started out, he started out on the Braves this year and they got traded to the Twins. He made one start with the Twins and then the Twins decided to go back to selling. And all of a sudden, Jaime Garcia is now pitching in pinstripes for the Yankees. I think he actually starts tonight, maybe. I don't know. Either way, he starts pretty soon for the Yankees. Uh, again, I have not seen him pitch yet, but um, he, he I will be seeing him pitch, obviously, his next start for the New York Yankees. And the Sonny Gray trade, too. Obviously, they had to give up a few more prospects to get Sonny Gray. Uh, because Sonny Gray is a better pitcher than Jaime Garcia and was arguably the most sought-after pitching uh, arm on the market this off uh, this trade deadline excuse me and so uh, obviously yeah he, they had to give up a little bit more they gave up Jose, Jorge Mateo I think his name is was the top prospect the top arm that the Yankees gave up to get Sonny Gray but obviously I've been crazy about these moves I'm not as crazy about what the Yankees have done on the field the last couple of uh, last couple of days uh, obviously they've they lost last night to Toronto uh, yeah that yeah just not a good start. 
uh, by CC Sabathia. They struggled uh, offensively. Gary Sanchez has been a nightmare behind the plate and at it lately, so that led to him getting benched. Uh, by a guy who knows what he's doing. I mean, you know, we like to give crap to Joe Girardi every now and then, but uh, give credit. The guy knows what he's doing uh, when it comes to his catchers and when it comes to his bullpen. And uh, he did a great job. I think sitting down Gary Sanchez for a little bit was a really smart move by Joe Girardi. Uh, He didn't exactly pay off last night uh, as the team still struggled and they lost. But, uh, you know, I think ultimately benching Gary Sanchez is going to end up being the right move for the Yankees is going to get his head right back on a swivel and you know realize that you know just because you're this hot shot rookie he's not really a rookie he's not a rookie anymore but you know hot shot second year kid who had this great rookie season doesn't make you exempt if you struggle you're going to be on the bench so I like that with the Yankees um you know I'll talk about some of the other teams obviously I don't want to you know this, this is my podcast and you know the Yankees are my team they're my favorite you know baseball team and probably my favorite sports team as well but um and you know i can talk about them all day but you know we gotta we gotta devote some time to uh divulge some time to uh some other teams in baseball uh most notably the yankees rival the boston red sox uh we gotta talk about chris sale uh chris sale has recorded double digit strikeouts in 15 starts that's the first time that's happened in years and that's just crazy i mean it was crazy how much an acquisition there's an outside possibility i would say that chris sale might be in al mvp consideration that's how good he's been this season i don't think there's been one bad chris sale start now the boston fans out there who listen to this podcast you know they you might, might get some response saying yeah i had one bad start against toronto on this day but i really don't think there's been a bad chris sale start so far in his red sox career and, um, you know, I, I, I got to eat a little bit of crow on that because, you know, I kind of thought a guy with, um, you know, a little bit of a head case like Chris Sale, the guy, you know, you remember last year he cut up the jerseys because they were wearing throwbacks, uh, which, I, which is something I agree with him on, by the way. I think throwback jerseys are terrible. But, um, yeah, you hear the stories. You hear about what he did when he was a member of the uh, Chicago White Sox. And, um I think uh, you know there was definitely some doubts as to whether he could handle the media pressure in Boston because you know the media pressure in Boston, especially when it comes to sports, is just off the charts. So uh, there was some debate as to whether he could handle that, but you know he really has. He's been incredible. He's been probably going to win the Cy Young Award. I don't think there's really any doubt. Like he could struggle a little bit the rest of the way and still probably have the Cy Young Award on wrap at this point. Uh, nobody's even been in his league in the AL this year. He has been so much better than everybody else. So uh, I, I'm going to yeah preemptively say Chris Sale, congratulations on winning the Cy Young. Uh, and I think ultimately Chris Sale is probably going to be the difference in the AL East. Uh, I think that um, you know he just that pitching staff is so good. I know there have been issues with David Price, and he's been arguing with members of the media, specific you know former baseball players who are currently in the Hall of Fame. But, uh, I, you know, I, I think ultimately things are going to come through together for the Red Sox, which, uh, you know, they have enough offensive weapons. Uh, they clearly miss Big Poppy, But I, I think they still have enough offensive weapons that that'll carry them over a good young Yankees team that, you know, will probably still make the playoffs as the wild card. But uh, I think ultimately the Red Sox are just going to be too strong and ultimately win the division. And uh, I think that that's, that's really going to be a large part to Chris Sale, which will get him some MVP consideration, which will get him a couple MVP votes, I think. So uh, I think Chris Sale 
definitely uh, we need to give a shout out to him for making you know, a huge difference uh, you know, coming over from the White Sox to the Red Sox and really being uh, even better than advertised, uh, even better than the best pitcher in baseball, which he you know had been close to the last couple of years. But now he's pretty clearly, if not the best pitcher in all of baseball, definitely the best pitcher in the AL this year. So Chris Sale. Uh, definitely deserves a little bit of respect uh, in that case. He's going to probably be the difference maker in this division. Um, you know, a couple other things from baseball. How good are the Dodgers? I, I know I've been away for the last couple of weeks, but I think they went 43-7 and in a 50-game span. I mean, that's just unheard of. There's They're on pace to, I think, come pretty close to the all-time win record. They already have 79 wins, which uh, is – eight more than the Astros the Astros have 71 wins and the Dodgers are already closing on 80 wins they might get 80 wins tonight Uh, how good have they been Um, you know I just honestly think you know they're speaking of the trade deadline getting you Darvish I think was a really great move for the Dodgers that shores up their rotation uh, with Clayton Kershaw being out and with them being in you know such good playoff position they're 15 games up on the Diamondbacks so um, they are in you know obviously locked and loaded into the playoffs so Clayton Kershaw can take his time coming back if he wants for the Dodgers um and yeah I think that he he, getting you Darvish kind of you know steadies the ship a little bit as uh you know they go on throughout the regular season and I think he's going to be an effective starter for the Dodgers in the postseason he clearly had to get out of Texas uh get him to the Dodgers get him to um you know a, a, a team that's just loaded and can score runs like crazy score runs like it's nobody's business Texas kind of ultimately sorry Patrick ended up uh falling off the face of the earth a little bit this year now sitting six games under 518 games behind the Houston Astros but um, I think that uh, getting you Darvish was a great move for the Dodgers they also shored up some bullpen issues and uh, honestly if they just play at home like the way they've been playing at home on the road and they'll be in good shape they are you know they're great on the road they're 32 and 20 which is 12 games over 500 which is, which is pretty good but at home they're 47 and 13 which is which is ridiculous. So um, I think the Dodgers, if they keep this up, I don't know if they're going to keep it up. They might slow down a little bit come September when they've got everything, you know, wrapped up and everybody else has stuff to play for, but the Dodgers don't. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of slow down a little bit around then. But uh, yeah, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they at least threaten the all-time win record. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Dodgers threaten the all-time win record. Um, you know, Central was something we talked about a little while ago, the NL Central. Uh, the Cubs seem to have written the ship a little bit, seem to be back on pat, uh, excuse me, back on track to uh, win the division. They're a game and a half ahead of Milwaukee right now. Um, Nationals are leading the NL East by 13 games. Uh, Cleveland is leading the AL Central by four games. Really not a ton of surprises. The Astros have a 14-game tremendously. Not too, too many divisions right now are close. You know, even the AL East, which, you know, we thought would be, you know, coming down to the wire. The Red Sox have you know, kind of gotten back to pulling away with their seven straight wins. So, uh, and they play the Yankees this weekend. So something's got to give, they could potentially extend that lead even further than the four game lead that it currently is over the Yankees. So, uh, I think that, uh, it's going to be interesting the rest of the way, not too many exciting division races, but definitely a ton of exciting baseball left to be played. You know, a ton of wild card races. We'll see who it comes down to. We'll see, you know, if the Yankees do end up pulling, off the wild card, uh, the wild card is always you know going to be interesting. 
whether it's as long as you've got that one game playoff. And right now, by the way, there's a three way tie for the second wild card spot in the AL. It's Kansas City, who has turned it on in the second half, um, Seattle, and Tampa Bay. Uh, I know Kansas City won the World Series two years ago, but Seattle hasn't made the playoffs since 2001 when they broke the all-time win record. So that'll be interesting to see if Seattle can get back into it. And Tampa Bay has kind of has kind of been a surprise team a little bit this year. Uh, a lot of people thought they were going to finish distant last in the AL East. I thought they were going to finish distant last in the AL East, but they have you know really been a surprise. Uh, Logan Morrison, guys like that have really stepped up for the Tampa Bay Rays. And they're right in the thick of things. They're right in the thick of that wild card race. And as long as there's a second wild card, anything can happen. Um, NL, it's a little, you know, it's going to probably be Colorado and Arizona. Uh, right now they're battling it out for the top wild card spot, but they have a six-game lead over Milwaukee for the second wild card spot. So it's probably going to be one of those two teams. It's going to be interesting to see going down the line the rest of baseball. But, you know, just to, just to wrap things up here, put a nice little bow on things before we get into today's interview with Mike, uh, I think that um, the Dodgers really are the best team. And I, I, I really, you know, that's kind of how I felt with the Cubs last year. I would be really surprised if the Dodgers didn't end up winning the World Series this year. And, you know, I know it's you know, not easy to say for a team that's had its postseason struggles like the Los Angeles Dodgers have had, especially in recent history. But uh, I think last year, honestly, getting to the NLCS was a big step forward for the Dodgers. Uh, even though they lost to the Cubs in six games, I, I do think that was a step forward for the Dodgers. And uh, I think they'll ultimately make the leap forward. I just don't see any way anybody beats the Dodgers this year. That's just my personal two cents. I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. But that's just personally how I feel about baseball this season. Uh, all right, let's get into today's interview with Mike Edgley. Uh, Mike and I talked about the Saints. We talked about the Redskins a little bit. We talked a little bit about Coldplay, believe it or not, because Mike and I went to see uh, Coldplay on Sunday night. Uh, I want to thank him again personally for the ticket. Uh, it was really an awesome time out at FedEx Field, which is where the Redskins play. So I give a quick little stadium review on FedEx Field. Uh, spoiler alert, not a fan. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was still awesome to see Coldplay. It was awesome to talk to Mike. It was good to have Mike on the podcast. Let's get into it. Today's interview with Big Mike, Mike Edgley. joined by a recurring guest, one of my favorite guests, probably I think one of the most frequent guests in Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan history, Big Mike, Mike Agjali. Mike, how are you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing well, Brian. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm glad that you can be on my first episode in D.C. I'm, you know, I can't imagine not having my first episode in D.C. without you. So I'm glad you were here and you were able to record this with me. So uh, obviously we got to talk a little. Maybe we'll talk a little NBA as well. But uh, you know, obviously the big news is football season is on the horizon. That's your main sport. I know you're a big football fan as well. You're a big Saints fan. You're also a little bit of a Redskins fan. You and I just went to FedEx Field on Sunday. We'll talk a little bit about that as well well but um not for a Redskins game we'll, we'll talk about that but um uh so you're a big Saints fan they obviously made a lot of moves this offseason Adrian Peterson's in Brandon Cook's gone what are your thoughts going into the season uh well at first during the offseason I thought I was off to a bad start because uh, we trade um Brandon Cooks for pretty much nothing I mean the draft pick we got was good because we got a tackle but, um, a Patriots first round draft pick isn't really worth a lot because it's always like 30th or 32nd, like one of the last picks in the draft. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. And this time it was the last pick in the draft. So uh, it was pretty much um, for nothing. And um, it got better, though, once we got Adrian Peterson. I know there are some people that didn't think it was a good signing because people think he's washed up. He's coming off a, a very long injury. He's been out for, I think, what, two years now? Yeah, he was out for most of last season. Uh, I think he missed, like, I think he started the first two games, and then he got hurt. He was really unproductive in the first two games, and then Adrian Peterson got hurt. So there are some concerns. Minnesota kind of just was willing to let him go, too, which I think is another concern with Adrian Peterson. Yeah, exactly. So there is a concern there with what you just said about them being willing to let him go. But at the same time, though, uh, I think Minnesota, that kind of proved that Minnesota was just fine without him. Because even without him, Minnesota showed, like, they started off 5-0 and then things just crumbled. Yeah. So I think they are capable of being a good team. But I do think this season they're probably going to be around the same record, 8-8. Eight and eight. And I don't know if you know this, but the Saints and Vikings first game is the very first Monday night football game of the season. It's part of the uh, Monday night doubleheader. I think the other game is uh, Broncos-Chargers as well, which will be an yeah. interesting game. First yeah. game of the L.A. Chargers era. So what are your realistic expectations going into the season as a Saints fan? I mean, you are in the toughest division. I mean, arguably the toughest division in the entire sport. You've got the Atlanta Falcons coming off the Super Bowl, although, you know, we all know they did blow a 28-3 to lead. Um, the, you know, the Panthers coming off only two years ago, 15-1, and obviously not as good last season. A really good up-and-coming young Tampa Bay Buccaneers squad. Where do the Saints fit into that mix, in your opinion? Like, where do you think they're going to finish in, like, the NFC South, just because it's so competitive? Yes, it is very competitive. Uh, I think in the division-wise against our division teams, we're either going to go 3-3 three and three or 4-2. and two. We might uh, sweep either Atlanta, Carolina, or Tampa Bay. I don't know which one. Pro I definitely don't think Tampa Bay because I've said this earlier. I think Tampa Bay is going to be 13-3 and three this year. I think they're going to be really good. That's a big jump. That's a big jump for a young team. I mean, Jameis Winston is good, but like, do you really, you really think they're going to jump from – or they they were ten and six last year. They almost made the playoffs. Yeah. They needed a bunch of you know crazy scenarios to break right. But you think they're going to jump up to thirteen and three this year? Uh, yeah, I do because with this receiving core that the Buccaneers got, they arguably got the uh, best receiving core in the league. So um, with Jameis Winston just getting better and better, I think um, this receiving core is definitely going to help uh, limit his interceptions. And um, he's going to have more confidence throwing down the field. And, yeah, I really think this is going to be a breakout year for the Buccaneers. And you can't sleep on O.J. Howard this year, too, for the Buccaneers. I mean, the rookie tight end, I think he slipped a little bit in the draft, which enabled him to go to a good young Tampa Bay team. O.J. Howard's going to be a huge weapon for Jameis Winston. Uh, some people said he could have been the top pick in the draft, which is rare for a tight end. But uh, O.J. Howard's going to be good too uh, I feel like you're almost discounting the Falcons a little bit though Mike I mean they they I know we all know what happened in the Super Bowl this past year uh, we don't need to be reminded of it again but um it, I think that yeah I think that um the Atlanta Falcons I think you're almost sleeping on them a little bit because you know this is a team that went 11 and 5 last year they can't they're coming off uh, Matt Ryan's coming off an MVP type season and they were obviously very close to winning the Super Bowl I mean this could be like a Golden State thing where like the hunger to win the championship drives them the next year. I mean, what do you think about that? Uh, that is a good point, but um, to your Golden State um, theory there, 
I would say the thing about Golden State is they added Kevin Durant. Yeah, that's true. And um, they were just they were already a great team because they won the championship the year before. So you kind of already knew, especially with Durant. Yeah, they're going to come back. With the Atlanta Falcons, this was their first time in the Super Bowl since 1998 with the or 99, excuse me, yeah. with the classic Simpsons episode, yeah. the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> But um, you knew I'd love that on my podcast. Love yeah, reference. exactly. I knew you would. I knew you would. But uh, yeah, I I do think the Falcons are going to be nine and seven. That's that's what I honestly think. I mean, I do think Matt Ryan's still going to have a good year. I don't think an MVP year, but he'll he'll still have a good maybe Pro Bowl type year. I'm not sure, but Julio Jones is still going to be great. But yeah, so is there. Well, who's your running back? Uh, Devontae Freeman. Yeah, Devontae Freeman. That's who I thought. Yeah, he's there. But all those three are going to be good still. But I don't know. I just feel like other aspects of their team are going to struggle. That's why I say uh, nine and seven. But Panthers, I think like eight. That's going to be my next question. You think Carolina? You think Carolina's going to have a bounce back this year? I mean, you know, obviously they went back. Yeah, you know, they were fifteen and one. The year before, and then they went to what six and ten this past year. So yeah, they were not good this past season. Cam Newton really struggled behind really uh, terrible offensive line play at times. Um, what are your thoughts on the Carolina Panthers going into this season? Well, for the Saints, I think uh, this is where we have the best chance to get a sweep. I think we have the best chance to get a sweep against Carolina because I do think they're going to be the worst team in the division. They're either going to be seven and nine or eight and eight. I really don't see them being that good I think Cam Newton had a breakout year in 2015 but I think uh, this just kind of goes to show is it's not like Kaepernick where he fell off the face of the earth but it's he's kind of he's back to normal where he's still good but he's not um he's not unstoppable let's talk about Kaepernick for a minute here because uh this is you know obviously been the big issue of the NFL offseason going even back to last season when he first started taking the almost a year ago today um you know this has been the story in the NFL for over a year now um you are a Colin Kaepernick fan I know you have his jersey I think uh if you have his jersey um so I know you're a big Kaepernick fan um what do you think is going to happen here do you think he is ever going to find work in the National Football League again? Uh, well, quickly to say about that jersey, I, I think it's really funny because it's actually the color for um, the colors that you hate. It's like the black and the yeah. red one. Yeah, it's the colors that you hate. Not a fan of those 49er jerseys. No, I know you're not. But, yeah, I think uh, Kaepernick, unfortunately, does not have a job anymore in the NFL. And a lot of people think it's because of him being racially profiled or because of the kneeling and I want to let those people know like I could I understand why you're thinking that way but I assure you it's not because of that it's really don't think so no I really think the reason why he's not getting signed is he's he's not good anymore let's face the facts I mean like all the times he started he had like what one good game and the game wasn't even that great. I mean, he got like, I think, 12, 420 passing and 150 something yards and like two touchdowns. So that's like, you know, solid good, but that's really nothing that much yeah. compared to the really good ones out there. Yeah. So, but the, my problem with Colin Kaepernick, though, is that 
you know, he doesn't have a job, but, you know, you mentioned that, you know, he did have that one game, but he had a couple games. I think he only threw four interceptions all last season, if I'm not mistaken, which is pretty good. And um, the other thing is, the thing that bothers me the most about Kaepernick and that makes me think he's getting blackballed is that guys like Austin Davis and Kellen Clemens and guy, Dan Orlovsky, guys like that, they are backup quarterbacks and they have jobs in the National Football League and they aren't nearly as talented as Colin Kaepernick. So that's just driving me insane about this whole thing. Yeah, that's a good point. But I remember this is kind of switching to the NBA, but it makes sense to what we're talking about. Um, there's this NBA uh, guy, coach that said for the Blazers, he said, um, sometimes when you do the tryouts, there are people that end up not making it into the NBA. And they probably should be in the NBA. Like, they definitely should be in the NBA. They're good enough. But sometimes there's just not enough cuts. So I think um, in this situation for Kaepernick, there's just honestly – there's not enough cuts because, yeah, you could say he's definitely better than a lot of scrubs, which is very true, but the problem is the scrubs are already on that team, and they're already signed in. A lot in. of these guys got signed by teams while Kaepernick was a free agent, though. That is true, but um, I don't know. I, I really just don't think it has to be about that because in the spotlight, and to be honest with you, I don't think that fact's right by him only throwing four interceptions last year because he had one game where he only threw for five yards and had four interceptions in just one game. So unless if he had no interceptions throughout the rest of the season, then I mean he I could. Thought I saw it somewhere. Maybe I was wrong. I but. think you might have saw. Yeah, yeah. No, Brian, you don't remember that stat? He had one game where. He was That's like, right. He had one game where he threw one. Four he was one. He was like one for five, five yards and four interceptions. Yeah, like the worst quarterback. I think because of that, that's why he doesn't have a job. I really think it's because of that game. I mean, I, I just, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's just suspicious to me because there's all these guys in the NFL that shouldn't be there, and Colin Kaepernick, you know, I feel like at least should be there. So, um, you think uh, Kaepernick's better than Mark Sanchez? Yes, absolutely. I think Mark Sanchez is a scrub. So I, I, don't, I don't know why Mark Sanchez gets to be uh, Dak Prescott's backup, whereas Colin Kaepernick you know, could be a starter in this league. I feel like he could be a starter over Jay Cutler, for example, who just got signed by the Miami Dolphins. And I, I, it's just to me, and by the way, I was going to make this my final review, so it's coming out a little early, I guess. But um, to me, Jay Cutler is not in the same ballpark as Colin Kaepernick. I would definitely take Colin Kaepernick on my team over Jay Cutler. Now, I don't know, I don't know about you, but um, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I'd take Jay Cutler over Colin Kaepernick. Really? Yeah, just because Jay Cutler's been in the league for a lot longer. And, yes, I know Jay Cutler, he obviously has his flaws, but I've seen Jay Cutler being uh, capable of playing well more than I've seen Colin Kaepernick. And, like, you know, the problem with Kaepernick is he lost his prime way too young. And Jay Cutler, while he never really had a prime, it's kind of like that South Park episode, like, you know, (laughs) my dad says you suck, but one day you'll be good. That one day never really came. Um, Other than the one year where he almost got the Bears, the NFC Championship, into the Super Bowl, but then he got, you know, quote-unquote hurt. Yeah, yeah, it depends on who you talk to about that. But Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. It's it's really hard to say. I, it's, I can't believe how long he's been on the Bears for. It's been like eight years. Yeah. It's 
surprising how long he's been there for. And I know he's been for Denver where he had the classic, uh, the ball slipped out of his hands while he was throwing and it hit the ground, but it should have been a fumble, but they said it was an incomplete pass. And even Jay Cutler admitted it was a fumble. Like, yeah, it was a fumble. The gods gave me a good one there. But, yeah, no, I'd definitely take Jay Cutler over Kaepernick. All right, man. I mean, I, I, I personally disagree. I, I think that Colin Kaepernick is, you know, is just – I was watching play, playoff highlights from when he played the Packers. Uh, you remember that great game where he, like, rushed for a couple touchdowns and yeah. against the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, yeah, it, was, it was one of the last games at Candlestick, I think. I, yeah, I remember that great game. Um, what was that, my freshman year in high school? Or no, it's not high school, or college. Point, yeah. yeah, freshman year at High Point. But I agree. He had great games. I remember that playoff game against Green Bay. In Green Bay, where Green Bay... No, it was in San Francisco. It was in San Francisco? Yeah, I think he might have won one against Green Bay in Green Bay. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm thinking about the one where... Uh, all they had to do was stop Kaepernick from getting the field goal range, but Kaepernick rushed and he was able to get it. Yeah. Like, trust me, I saw Kaepernick in his prime. I know how great he was, but the key word is was. Um, one of my friends put it perfectly. He's kind of a one-dimensional player or a two-dimensional player. When you're only like a one- or two-dimensional player, the defense can easily figure you out. So everybody was – able to figure out uh, Kaepernick's play, and Kaepernick wasn't able to adapt to it. That's what the good players do. They adapt to how people figure out. That's why Peyton Manning, Tom, Bree- Tom Brady, Drew Brees, those guys are going Aaron to Rogers. the – Aaron Rodgers. Those guys are Brett Favre, or he's already in the Hall of Fame, but yeah. the other guys I mentioned are definitely going to the Hall of Fame because that's what they did. Kaepernick, he never really did that. And that's why he continued to get wor- got he got worse and worse, and now look at where he's at now. I mean, I, what I hope he does is this foundation they they does. I hope he takes this as his profession. I want him to do that as his profession because I really think he could be very successful with it. Now let's talk a little bit about a team that, as of right now, doesn't have any quarterback problems, but could within the next year or so, have a huge quarterback problem. As the local sports team around here, the biggest local sports team, I mean, you would, you would agree, right, the Redskins are the biggest local sports team around here, at least. Oh, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Believe it or not, those Redskins teams, they are always filled with mostly Redskins fans, if you can believe that. And so I, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, because I like to do stadium reviews sometimes when it's like my first experience at a stadium. Sometimes I'll do that on this podcast. But um, I went to FedEx Field with Mike for the first time on Sunday night. Uh, <laughs> we saw Coldplay. Uh, and they were pretty good, actually. And I want, I want to thank Mike again publicly on the record now for the, for, um, for the ticket and for um, inviting me to Coldplay because it was fantastic. But um, so that was my first time ever at FedEx Field. And uh, I was not a big fan of the venue. I, I personally thought it was kind of a little ugly. The FedEx colors are just ugly. Like, it just oozes Dan Snyder to me. And it just didn't, like, and as somebody who, you know, has a manipulative, crazy owner in their fan base as well with James Dolan, I, I kind of felt like this is like a place James Dolan would love. And so um, I was not a fan of FedEx Field. Uh, Mike, you've been to FedEx Field a couple more times than me. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the stadium of FedEx Field? Uh, well, first of all, I totally understand why people don't like it because, yeah, those 
colors are not the best. I mean, I totally understand why they chose those colors because it's FedEx. Like, you know, they want to be the FedEx colors. But at the same time, it's, you know, like, you know, it's the Washington Redskins football stadium. So why not make it more like burgundy red with some yellow? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think if it was more like burgundy, because, yeah, um, Brian, I got to take you to a Redskins game one time. Like, I, I'm going to take you to a Redskins-Giants game when it's in D.C., and you're going to be a Giants fan in hiding. And um, I'm going to show you how really beautiful the, the field of the Redskins field is. It's a very beautiful field. And just look at those colors and picture that just based around the stadium. Yeah, maybe it was just not, like, appealing because it was a concert not a football game but uh, that's true too but um i have to ask i know it made you dizzy but uh when you didn't feel dizzy didn't you think the light show feel, was cool that they did yeah i thought the lighting at coldplay was pretty phenomenal to be honest uh, it, it made me a little dizzy at times i'll, I'll, I'll make that clear uh right, which, is understa- which is understandable i mean these were flashing lights a lot but Cool play worked. I definitely well. wasn't the only person in the stadium that was dizzy at that point. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Chris Martin probably was dizzy at that point. Yeah. And he said we were the best audience that he's ever had. Which he probably told Boston the night before, but still, yeah, but still, he probably said exactly everything that he did the night before. But anyway, that was you know kind of my my initial thoughts of FedEx Field. I was not a fan, and uh, you know I don't know, one last funny story before we talk a little bit about the team that plays at FedEx Field, the Redskins. Um, the, the woman sitting next to me at this concert was not a big fan of FedEx Field too. She looks at me, and she's like. Are you are you a Redskins fan? And I was like, no. And she's like, okay, good. Doesn't this stadium suck? <laughs> and so we we kind of bonded over how much we hated the uh, the stadium. It was it was pretty funny. But um, let's talk about the team that actually plays at FedEx Field, the Washington Redskins. Um, you know, the biggest sports team in the area, as we were just saying. Um, they, they they didn't make a ton. They had kind of an interesting offseason. They made one signing off the top of my head that I know, Terrell Pryor. Uh, they did not sign Kirk Cousins to a long-term deal. What are your thoughts about the Redskins going into this season, Mike? Uh, I know there are people that think we're going to go 11-5. and five. I also know there are people that think we are going to go 5-11. and 11. I actually think we're going to go 10-6. Um, and six. Yeah, because I think um, Kirk Cousins, basically what he did here, he pretty much took a bet on himself. And I think that's going to motivate Kirk Cousins to really have the best season of his career. And I think he's pissed at himself for basically basically losing us that uh, last game against your Giants. Because let's be honest, your Giants did not need to win that game, but Kirk Cousins pretty much handed it to them. And um, I think Kirk Cousins is just going to – Wipe the field um, this coming season. I know we lost uh, good receivers in Pierre Garçon. And Deshaun Jackson, um, he was gone too. He went to Tampa Bay, which that sucks. And um, Pierre Garçon, he ended up going to uh, San Francisco, which, uh, you know, they're gonna help, he's going to help San Francisco go from 1-15 to 2-14. Uh, you're, yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, for excuse me, two and fourteen, uh, four and twelve. So that's that's going to be a huge improvement for the 49ers. But um, 
Yeah, if, with Terrell Pryor signing, uh, it's a one-year contract deal too. He's also taking a bet on himself because I believe it was for $8 million, which I think is fair. I thought $8 million for one year was very fair, and Terrell Pryor has proved him himself. And I really hope that uh, he has a breakout. It really, I mean, he already does well with the Browns, but I hope with a, being on at least an average-slash-good team with a like you know good quarterback, he can really have a breakout year. He could run the Wildcat. I know Robbie was talking about that. Yeah. Shout-out to uh, Sports on the Hill podcast <laughs> right there. Shout-out to Robbie and Carol. But, um, yeah, I really think um, the Redskins definitely have a – Great shot to be 10 and 6, and honestly, even 11 and 5. I don't know if they will be the division because that division's tough too, because your Giants are pretty good. Um, Dallas is pretty good. And honestly, I know Philly's been pretty disappointing lately, but I feel like Philly. Wentz wagon. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Carson Wentz could have a really good second year. So that. Third. Yeah. Second year. Yeah, you're right. Second year, second year. But yeah, I think. Uh, you're right, he could. Um, that division's nothing to sleep on, but yeah, I definitely can see the uh, Skins going 11-5, 10-6, and winning the wild card, but they'll be the bottom of the wild card. The NFC is going to be really good, as it usually is. Yeah, there's a lot of really good teams in the NFC. I mean, we talked about the NFC South and how good that is, but the NFC East has a lot of really good teams, too, which is why I think the Redskins ultimately will fall a little short behind the Cowboys and the Giants. Uh, I just realized, actually, I forgot to completely tell you how I thought the Saints were going to do because oh, yeah. I went on that tangent with Tampa Bay, and then that escalated to the NFC's. Uh, so how, you, how do you have the Saints doing this year? I think the uh, Saints are going to do uh, pretty well this year, actually. I know there are people saying that we're going to have a uh, tough time because we've been 7-9 for the last uh, three years, I believe. But um, I see the Saints uh, with all the moves they made with getting Adrian Peterson, a lot of great uh, draft picks, especially uh, Lattimore from Ohio State. I was very happy when we picked him. Uh, I really think the Saints can finally have that breakout year that we've been winning ever since the Super Bowl. So uh, we got the um, – Dolphins division, which I think we could handle pretty well. Hey, the Patriots division. Yeah, I didn't want to say the Patriots, you know. Yeah. Fuck you, Ethan. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think uh, with the Dolphins division, I'm going to have to say we can definitely win those games except for the Patriots. Patriots is going to be a stretch, to say the least. It'll be fun to play against Brandon Cooks, though. Um, we got the Packers division. Um, you Obviously, you can never sleep on the Packers, especially since it's in Green Bay. Green Bay's, I think Green Bay might be the toughest place to play in the NFL. That, I mean, that cheese, the cheese head crowd scares me to death sometimes. Yeah. But um, we also got to play the uh, Washington Redskins. I know that is going to be a very fun game watching Who that. Who are you going to root for in that game? The Saints. Yeah. I'm always the Saints before the Skins. Love the Skins, but Saints before the Skins. But I'm definitely going to be in the man cave with Robbie Gross watching that. Um, yeah, I, I definitely see, oh, or excuse me, one quick thing, I uh, got highlighted again, the very first game of the season, the first Monday night football game of the season, Saints versus Vikings, Adrian Peterson right away is playing his former team, and it's in Minnesota, I, uh, I'm gonna love that game, because 
I'm pretty sure the fans are going to boo him hardcore, and I really just want him to show them up and just score, like, three touchdowns and get, like, 200 yards. 200 yards. 200, yeah. But, no, um, I say the Saints, um, 11-5, they're going to be the top wild card and uh, hopefully in good position to win the Super Bowl. It's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be a really interesting NFL season. I mean, let me ask you one last question before we wrap things up here. Um, I mean, you said you didn't want to mention the Patriots, but they're obviously really good. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. Some people are talking about them maybe running the table this season. I mean, do you think that could possibly happen this year? Yeah, no, they definitely could run the table again. I mean, you never want to sleep on the Patriots, especially coming off a uh, Super Bowl. They're not one of those teams that just kind of falls asleep after they win the Super Bowl. They get rewoken into another life, and they want to win the Super Bowl again as if the previous Super Bowl didn't happen. So, um, yeah, you can never sleep on the Patriots, and you can tell that they're saying don't sleep with us because they acquired Brandon Cooks. Like, literally – it's even it was even worse than when the Warriors got Durant because it's like yeah they got Durant but hey they lost the finals Patriots won the Super Bowl they still got Brandon Cooks yeah. not comparing like you know Cooks to Durant but Cooks for no, the I get t- what you're saying. yeah the Cooks for the two years that he's been a Saint and in the league he he did pretty well and he's only going to get better now with Tom Brady yeah. so. Uh, yeah, Patriots are nothing to sleep on. They honestly could go undefeated 16-0, then 19-0. It could happen. Yeah, I don't know, man. What if they played Eli Manning in the Super Bowl again? I mean, you never know what could happen. if they, that. Well, if they played uh, Drew Brees, Drew Brees took down Peyton, maybe he could take down Brady. Maybe he could. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. It depends on if the Saints make the playoffs, of course, or not. Right. But. Uh, we all pretty much know, I guess, the Patriots are going to probably be there unless, unless like, you know, catastrophe happens. Uh, there's no way the Patriots aren't going to make the playoffs this year. But um, we'll be previewing a lot of football as we get on in the upcoming weeks with the NFL season. It's good to be back on the airwaves. It's good to be back on with Big Mike. Uh, thanks so much for joining me, man. It was good talking to you. Uh, you're welcome back on anytime you'd like, man. Hey, man, thanks for having me here. Uh, welcome to Maryland. I hope you love living here and um, – Yeah, thanks for having me on your podcast. It's great to be on the first episode in D.C. Obviously want to thank Mike Mike Edgley again. I don't know why I'm having such trouble saying his name. Mike Edgley for coming on today's episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. Uh, Yeah, obviously couldn't imagine having my first episode in the D.C. area without Big Mike. So uh, thank him again for uh, coming. We actually wanted to record something with Robbie Gross. We were over at Robbie's, but unfortunately my computer glitched about 13 minutes into recording something with Robbie. So I want to give a shout-out to Robbie. Uh, I know Mike did it as well during the interview, but give a shout-out to Sports on the Hill podcast as well. Uh, They're great. Go listen to them on the True Radio Network. Uh, My good friends Carol and Robbie on the Sports on the Hill podcast and the True Radio Network. Uh, DC Sports all the time. I wish we could have had Robbie on this episode as well, but uh, unfortunately uh, my computer glitched when we were recording. So uh, we'll get Robbie on sooner or later. Uh, I want to talk about one last thing here before I get into uh, the final review, uh, which Brace Yourself is going to be about Colin Kaepernick again. But uh, <laughs> just, just you know, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. But uh, I want to talk about this, uh, this Players Weekend that's coming up in Major League Baseball this year. Uh, this is the first ever uh, <laughs> Players Weekend where the players can have um, 
names on the back of their jerseys. Uh, I think there's a few other things that are going on this weekend in Major League Baseball with uh, with Players Weekend, and they're wearing like completely different jerseys. Uh, I love to hear what people think about the jerseys, but August 25th to the 27th, they're going to be wearing specialty jerseys. A lot of these look like throwbacks. The Oakland A's jerseys look like throwbacks. So does the Seattle Mariners jerseys. Uh, the, the Cincinnati Reds jerseys look like throwbacks as well. Um, you know, obviously, you would think that me being a Yankees fan, I would be totally against the idea of Players Weekend. But uh, you forget that I'm somebody who also loves, you know, fun, <laughs> and I, I like, I like, you know, fun stuff with my sports. And so um, nothing's more, you know, baseball's supposed to be fun. Yeah, that, that when you take the fun out of baseball, you know, what's what's the point really? So uh, I, I'm a big fan of this Players Weekend. I'm a big fan of. Um, the players that are wearing um, the name Aaron Judge, for example, uh, who needs to get out of a slump, by the way, is wearing all rise on the back of his jersey. Uh, I, you know, I'm fine with that. That's not really a nickname so much as a, a saying, but uh, you know, I'm okay with that. You know, Miguel Cabrera is wearing Miggy. This is what baseball should be like. It's going to be awesome. Uh, the jerseys are going to be colorful. Uh, this is something I'm looking forward to a lot, and you know, if if you know, I, I have a feeling like this could be you know a controversial issue between the old guard people in baseball. You know, the people, and a lot of them are Yankee fans, by the way. I should point that out. A lot of you know the old school. You know, no other team should wear pinstripes, and no, you shouldn't have names on the back of your jersey. Well, a lot of I feel like a lot of the old guard people are kind of going to disagree with. Uh, with Players Weekend, but I think ultimately uh, Players Weekend is going to be a success. I think um, yeah, the idea of players is, is kind of laid back, and I'm all for it. You know, I, I think this is what baseball should be all about, so I'm all for Players Weekend. Uh, I think this is going to be fun. I think this is going to be exciting weekend in baseball. I can't wait to see how, you know, maybe I'll, I'll see how the jerseys look on, you know, Aaron Judge, for example. Aaron Judge is a big guy. So maybe I'll see how the jerseys look on Aaron Judge, and I'll be like, you know, this this was a bad idea. And coming out in favor of this was a bad idea. But you know what? I'm all for players weekend. Uh, I, I think we should have, I wouldn't be surprised if this becomes a tradition. I wouldn't be surprised if this goes either way, to be honest. If this becomes either a tradition in baseball or if this becomes like a one-and-done type deal. But uh, I think I'm excited to see how the nicknames, especially for my team, because we haven't had jerseys on the names on the back of our jerseys ever. So I, I, I'm going to be interested to see how it looks on the Yankees. But Players Weekend, I'm, I'm all ready for it. All right, it is time for today's final review. I want to touch on, you know, obviously something that's been made a big deal out of over the last year or so. And, uh, you know, I've talked about it, you know, a couple times on this podcast. I even talked about it in today's interview with Big Mike a little bit because Mike is a uh, Colin Kaepernick fan. And he thinks that the reason Colin Kaepernick is, you know, doesn't have a job is because of his performance on the field. Now, while Colin Kaepernick's performance on the field has been far from great over the last couple of years, you know, in fact, he was not very good. And and by the way, I'd, I'd just like to point out, I did check it out after we recorded the interview and he did in fact only throw four interceptions last season. So, uh, Colin Kaepernick, well, despite some, um, you know, some struggles did, you know, was, was, was not, you know, really, you know, he's on a terrible team last year and, you know, and he still put up somewhat decent numbers when he took over the starters job from Blaine Gabbert. But uh, I, I think that, you know, I really do. When you look at the names 
of guys who have jobs in the NFL. Kellen Clemens, who I've seen play in person. He sucks. Austin Davis, uh, guys like that. Dan Orlovsky, who, uh, which I hate to say this as a UConn fan, uh, is best known for running out of the back of the end zone. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the blooper that's been seen a million times. That guy still has a job in the NFL. He's a backup quarterback in the NFL. But Colin Kaepernick is not. And that really does, you know, I, I've heard people say yeah, it's because of his playing ability. It's because of, because of his playing ability. But when you hear owners coming out saying this is the most polarizing issue we've had in years of owning the team, whether to sign Colin Kaepernick or not, or guys like Ray Lewis, who, who, by the way, Ray Lewis has no right to tell anybody to stay in their lane, if you ask me, telling Colin Kaepernick to just basically stay out of it. Uh, I just don't think that's ultimately, like, I, I just, you know, I just think ultimately he's being blackballed. Like, I think people disagreed with the national anthem protest, you know, for whatever reason. And, it, you know, I, I, I said in the past, I don't know if that was the most effective way to do a protest, but it definitely got people talking. Uh, there's no doubt about it that definitely Colin Kaepernick, if his goal was to get people talking, he succeeded in that. But um, I, yeah, I think because of it, Colin Kaepernick is being blackballed. You know, you couldn't tell me this guy couldn't go out there and be the starting quarterback for the New York Jets, for example, or for the this, even the San Francisco 49ers right now. Colin Kaepernick could definitely be the starter for the San Francisco 49ers right now. And, and they got rid of him. Like, it was a mutual decision. Now, I've heard rumors that Colin Kaepernick has turned down offers. Now, if Colin Kaepernick's turned down offers to play in the NFL, that is absolutely, he kind of, then he, in that case, he kind of deserves what he's getting. But, you know, I, I just don't understand. Yeah, I understand that there's a media frenzy that comes with signing this guy. But I don't understand why, if he's not capable of it, you know, Joe Flacco's going to be out for a couple weeks. Ryan Tannehill is going to be out for the season, and they signed Jay Cutler over him. I, I don't understand how why they're not putting him. He's definitely the best free agent out there. They were willing to get Jay Cutler to come out of retirement instead of signing Colin Kaepernick. And to me, that's just not right. Like, that's just, I don't know. Like, it's not fair. I understand the guy stands up for what he believes in, and I understand how that could that could serve as a distraction. But, you know, if you have a need at quarterback, that should supersede everything. And we've had players in the past that have done awful things, way worse than anything Colin Kaepernick has ever done. And they still get jobs in the NFL. Greg Hardy still got a job in the NFL, and he almost killed his girlfriend. We've seen guys like that. You know, we they saw the Ray Rice tapes, and they kept Ray Rice in the NFL. So, to me, I don't understand the blackballing of Colin Kaepernick. And, yes, I think it is blackballing. I really do. And uh, if I was still in New York, I'd probably go to that Spike Lee rally as well. Because, um, And I like the idea behind it. You know, we're not going to support the NFL unless they support Colin Kaepernick. And, you know, I don't think the NFL has really, you know, done a good job of supporting Colin Kaepernick. At, you know, he's been doing this for over a year. But uh, I, I just think that, yeah, it's, it's, he's just being blackballed at this point. And to that, to that point, I say NFL owners, just stop. Just stop being ridiculous. Just sign the guy. Somebody needs to just sign the guy. Like, step in. Like, you're really going to tell me that he wouldn't have been a good fit for the Miami Dolphins. Like, they felt the need to get Jay Cutler out of retirement. Like, that blows my mind. Jay Cutler was not good. Like, I thought, yeah, I was kind of excited that Jay Cutler retired because he's so, like, not only is he not good, but he's not fun to watch. Like, he's not a quality NFL quarterback. And uh, I, I was really happy that he had, you know, kind of stepped away and he had moved into broadcasting. 
I think he's almost symbolic of the whole Colin Kaepernick blackballing. The fact that Jay Cutler, you know, I've mentioned all these backup quarterbacks who have jobs over Colin Kaepernick right now, but the fact that Jay Cutler has one is the most screaming to me. Like the fact that he retired and then unretired before Colin Kaepernick even had a job just blows my mind to me. And, uh, and, and you know, I, I do get the hesitation of the owners, but I think it's time to stop being ridiculous. I think it's time to just sign the guy, get on with it. You know, just, just, you know, make, make sure that Colin Kaepernick is, you know, I, I, you know, Trump said, yeah, I'll, I'll use Trump. I hate using Trump as an example, but he did say that, um, you know, he, NFL owners don't want to get a nasty tweet from him. Um, you know, just bite the bullet. If you, you know, put the needs of your football team before the needs of, you know, your, your before what you want. And if you really only care about winning, you know, guys, guys like um, Steve Biscotti or Steven Ross, guys like that who had a need at quarterback, then just prove it. Go out there and sign Colin Kaepernick. Just bite the bullet. Don't care about what your fans think. Don't care about, you know, your personal wants and desires. Do what's best for your football team and sign Colin Kaepernick. Because to me, the guy's getting blackballed. And it's just not fair anymore. So that is my final review for this Wednesday, excuse me, this Wednesday. I'm not used to saying the days again anymore. So this Wednesday, August 9th, that is my final review. All right, again, I'd like to thank Big Mike, Mike Gedgley, for coming on today's episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. I want to thank you for listening to today's episode with Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. I just want to take care of a little bit of housekeeping before we get into you know the usual closing stuff. Uh, I want to offer my condolences to the families of Don Baylor, uh, the 1979 Most Valuable Player in the American League, first manager for the Colorado Rockies, a man who single-handedly helped invent the designated hitter position, uh, passed away this past weekend. I want to offer my condolences to his family. Uh, obviously, not an easy time, so I want to offer my condolences to his family and to the families of Dutch, Darren Dalton as well, uh, one of the great Phillies of all time. Uh, the leader of the 1993 team that made the World Series, he passed away with a long battle of can- after a long battle with cancer as well. So uh, my condolences to the families of Don Baylor and Darren Dalton. You will be missed. And with that, I would like to say thank you for listening to today's episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. I would like to remind you to subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on SoundCloud, like us on Facebook at Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan, follow us on Twitter at UFRWBB, follow me personally on Twitter at BBRI1991, that's BBRI1991, listen to our Spotify playlist, uh, listen to us on Stitcher, a great podcasting app with every podcast under the sun. And we are now one of those podcasts under the sun. And in the words of the late, great Fife Dog, tell your mother, tell your father, send a telegram upon further review with Brian Brennan is here to stay. We are in the process of working on our next episode. Should be fantastic as we gear up for the start of the English Premier League season. I can't wait for Friday. We'll try and preview a little bit of soccer leagues in our next episode as well. So uh, again, thank you to Big Mike for joining us today. Uh, Thank you for listening, and I will see you all next time. Have a great week, folks. I will see you all next time. No answer.
back home, things are wrong, when not really it was bad all along, before you left ass up to a ball of power, thoughts at a thousand miles per hour, hello ghetto, let your brain breathe, believe that's always more. Get the five on my microphone being trying to stay alive. When you come to ATL, well, you bet not high, cause the dungeon family gon' ride. 